Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, William Lou. On this week's episode, after seeing the home opener, I have Vivek, Big V, joining me in studio as we uh, keep an eye on the Inter-Dortmund game. <laughs> How you doing, man? Um, I can switch it to the Liverpool game if you prefer. I just want to see the goals. I, that's that's going to be a, a win. All right. Hopefully, actually. All right. We can, we can, we can switch over. But yeah, yeah man, we're on that championship energy. Yeah, well, I am. I mean, you know, you, you were free. Oh, look, we're already up one nil. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're in a good mood, clearly, because the Raptors played their home opener finally. I felt like, honestly, just you know, before we get into the game itself, I've just I've been dying to see like actual meaningful basketball. Yeah, because we've just been previewing and thinking about what might happen and making predictions and being like, we've been previewing the season for three months <laughs> so seriously man <laughs> thinking about who should get traded i'm like i don't even know what these guys look like right now so uh it was nice just for our own sanity to to see the game unfold and um yeah i mean holy shit uh you know there obviously was always going to be a lot of things going on in ring night but yeah just an incredible atmosphere and uh again before we talk about the actual game itself how was your how was your experience of the ring ceremony and things like this? I thought it was really cool for them to replay the highlights of the entire playoff run and because you know a lot of those big moments actually happened on the road. That's and right. Yeah. So you almost for the fans, for the players, you know, they finally actually kind of get to experience it together and then you hear those big cheers when Kawhi's bound shot goes in when Fred's big shot yeah. uh, at Oakland goes in and then yeah. he lets out that primal scream I mean those were the big ones for me that stood out so um, to have that moment was nice and then uh, for the players to be hyped as, the, as they're getting their rings for Alex McKechnie to get a huge cheer yo shout out Alex <laughs> Mr. Load it. Management 
a huge role in the championship run. So, um, and then Messiah getting MVP chance. Yes, yes, that was amazing. So yeah, I think this was again for me. This whole thing has been about validation mm-hmm. of all the time that Raptors fans have put in. Uh, the hardcore fans, you know, sticking through the tough times and you finally have this title that no one can ever take away. That banner that got unveiled is going to hang in the rafters forever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great looking banner. It is a great looking I, I keep banner. I saying this, man, but it, it is an amazing... It's really funny how all the colors of the championship really just fit in the like, actual Raptors like color scheme. Yeah. Because it's like gold, it's black, it's red, it's white. Uh, it looks amazing. I also, you know, I, just on a personal level, I'm so happy to not see those Atlantic Division banners anymore. Like, I we're actually, past that as a franchise. We're past that. I actually like having just the one. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. With all of them. Like, yeah. all, all the times that they've won it. Because so. they kind of stopped hanging them, right? Because they yeah. won it in 2017-18, the year they had 59 wins, but they didn't hang a new banner. Yeah. Because they're like, look, realistically, you know, this doesn't mean much to us anymore. Exactly. We're past that point. Exactly. So now you've got... Also, I don't want to see that 2014-2015 season remembered in any other way because uh, <laughs> that was not a fun year. No. So you've got that Atlantic Division banner now mm-hmm. with all the times they've won it. You've got the Eastern Conference t- uh, champion banner. Mm-hmm. And you've got the NBA title oh, man. banner. Oh, man. Yeah, what no, a time. Th- bro, uh, uh, listen. Um well, you can that, never get mad at a game anymore. All you have to true. do is look, I, I, I got look mad at, at the Redick flopping yesterday, <laughs> and Norm taking the three. No, but honestly, <laughs> I, I, it was one of those things where I was like, "Oh man, this game is annoying." Well, not this game is annoying. There was just a couple of annoying moments, and then I would look up, like you know, from the media row, and we're like right in line with the banner because yeah. we're like in the ceiling basically. And I was like, "Yeah, it's not so bad," you know. Yeah. It could be a lot worse. <laughs> it could be one of those many franchises without a title. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought. Ring Night was just, um, like, you know, as you mentioned, like, the fact that we got one last chance to sort of celebrate that championship. And, yeah, we can kind of move on after that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's always going to be treasured in our hearts. But, you know, we can sort of focus on what the season ahead uh, has in store. Because just based on yesterday, you know, there's a lot of exciting things to look for. Um, oh, great play by Van Dyke, man. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm, I'm here for Van Dyke love. I can appreciate it. As a Dutch fan. Yeah. Listen. I can rock with it. He is amazing. Um, but... Yeah, it was just, like you mentioned, man, those moments on the road, like, those are the things I wish I was back in Toronto for, because, you know, I'm not going to complain at all, like, I was at all the playoff games, and, you know, I would never trade that for anything, but at the same time, there were a lot of times I was like, man, I I wish I was in a stadium, like, full of Raptors fans, instead of just, you know, like, 20% full of Raptors fans. Right, right, right. And share those moments, and so, for me, personally, to be back in the arena, to see some of those moments go down. Uh, it was amazing. And when Masai came out and he got announced and the MVP champ broke out organically and things like this, and then, you know, put the huge, huge, huge ring on his hand and he put one fist in the air, like, I really did shed a tear. I was like, I'm just so happy for this man because, you know, he represents so much more than just even the Raptors itself. Like, he really built this entire legacy. You know, it feels like we are, we're, we're just so blessed to have Masai in the first place. Uh, and all the, what, top six seasons? In franchise history, have come under Masai. It's actually nuts. Masai and, yeah, represents everything that Raptors fans have always yep. wanted to be, yep. but have never necessarily truly believed. Yeah, but he brought that belief. That's a great way to put it, man. Oh, what a, wow! What a strike by 
the ox. <laughs> this is also a Liverpool reaction podcast. I'm sorry. Oh, oh man. Um, yeah, amazing moment, man. All the players cheesing. Yeah. Holding their face with a ring in their hand. It's, Yo, Norm uh, with the choreographed dance. Oh, man. Surge. Surge bringing it. Jamal McGlure raising the roof oh, man. on behalf of Scarborough. Jamal doing it. Doing yeah, it for it, everyone. It would be fitting that Jamal McGlure did a... Uh, doing it for the West Indies. A nineteen a 1990s level move with the, <laughs> raising the roof. But, yo, uh, amazing celebration. And then the game itself. So, obviously, the Raptors, you know, got off to a point where it was actually... You could see it coming. Like, it, it, the short turnaround from getting rings and then, like, 15 minutes later playing a competitive basketball game, it's just – it's too short. I don't think anyone sort of emotionally is able to sort of process all that. Yeah. And for the Raptors, like, they fell down to a 15-4, um, you know, hole immediately. Nick just had to call timeout. They had to sort of reset and sort of play from behind. Game of runs, but obviously the two guys that stood out the most were Fred and Pascal. Let's start with Pascal first. Man – is this what we're going to see all year? I mean, what's crazy to me is he didn't play well in the first half. No. and But he's, he had like 18 <laughs> points yeah, like 10 rebounds. It's like I'm looking up and it's like, all right, this man almost has 20 and 10. And he's not playing well. It's only halftime. <laughs> and, yeah, so that's the thing. If, if this is what you get used to seeing, if this is, the, if, if this is what it's like uh, unleashed and, you know, with his usage up and – uh, the offense revolving around him. I mean, the fans from an entertainment perspective uh, are going to get full value for 82 games. Definitely. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to look forward to there. I love the leash uh, that Nurse is extending him. You know, even after the game, Nurse talked about how, uh, you know, maybe some of those post-ups with the fadeaways didn't look so good, but... Uh, he's, he made it clear that, hey, that's something that Pascal needs to add to his game. So yeah. he's okay with him doing those things. Oh, for sure. And as a player, you need to know that your coach has that comfort uh, with you trying out those things and trying to expand your game. And yeah. that is how Pascal can continue to grow and continue to get to the level that the franchise hopes he can get to, which is, you know, a top-tier superstar. Right. Right. And... You know, to your point, I've been watching very closely too in terms of um, the, this Liverpool match, but also like Pascal's <laughs> development. Um, yeah, like I, I really do want to see him bust out the moves that you know he keeps working on practice. Like every time we go to the gym uh, at practice, or whatever doors open, and we see Pascal's there working with the trainer, yep. and all he's working on are pull up threes, come off the high screen, pull up threes, yep. catch and shoot threes. Um, and then the one-on-one moves from the post where he's either going to uh, drive to the basket or he's going to the mid-range shot. Yeah. And I, I want to see him take that mid-range shot just because I want to know it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, t- you know, I, I don't think he took many of them in preseason whatsoever. Uh, we saw one of them from yesterday where I think he had Drew Holiday on a switch or either Holiday or Lonzo, but one of the Pelicans point guards. And, um, you know, he he did go to that mid-range shot. It, it was a little short, whatever. Obviously, one shot is not a big sample, you know, not meaningful whatsoever. But, you know, I, I like to see the instances in which he uses it. You know what I mean? Yes. Is, is it against big men? Is it against smaller guys? Like, I want to see um, when he feels comfortable with it. But overall, I mean, just the hustle and energy and the athleticism he brought to the game was incredible, especially in the fourth quarter there. Like, the Raptors were down. Um, a couple of unfortunate calls went against them. You know, the Pelicans hit a bunch of threes. Like, they just couldn't miss. And, um, you know, Pascal just time after time he stepped into and, and he just scored. Like, you know, he hit the wing three. You know, so many times he would just flash down the lane and just score the and one over Julio Okafor. Like, I mean, 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's damn good. With him, also, you know, the thing I really love watching about him is whether he's struggling, whether he's playing well. It's all about making winning plays with him. So yep. when you're seeing him miss the jumpers early, he's going and getting his own miss, and he's putting it back in. And uh, on the defensive end, he's putting in the effort in. And, uh, he's you know tapping loose balls away and creating mm-hmm. uh, transition opportunities. Yeah. And then late in games, you know, again, this is a big thing that you want from someone who you want to be the man or the guy is showing absolutely no fear. And you think about a couple plays, you know, the one that you mentioned, the N one gets them within one. Yep. And then he gets, uh, he sort of dives to the bucket and gets the dish from Kyle and gives the Raptors the lead. Yep. Um, unfortunately, ends up fouling out. Uh, the last two foul calls were bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Like one, Kenrich Williams, like he Pascal goes in the corner, Williams kicks his leg out. Very clearly, yeah, kicks his leg out and um, draws three free throws. That's the fifth foul. Just a huge momentum play. Like that's just unfortunate. And he hits three free throws too. Yeah, and then the sixth foul. I mean, just come on, man, Redick, man, please respect yourself. Just yeah, don't do that. But that's going to be part of the process too, right? Like just you know, yeah, those Pascal growing pains. Yeah. And you know, he he owned up to it. He's like, my bad. Yeah, I got to do better next time. And yeah. then those are things you love to see. Just taking ownership yeah. of those moments. Yeah, shout out to our guy uh, Harrison Sanford, by the way. You know, Danny doing it up big in LA. But yeah, Harrison made a good point on Twitter, which was like, you know, it's one of the many lessons Pascal's got to learn as a max player is you can never put yourself in a position to foul out of a game. Mm-hmm. Like, look at LeBron. This man never fouls out. Now, part of it nowadays is because LeBron doesn't play defense anymore. But you know, yeah. uh, the other part of it is that, like, yeah, you, you know, you're when you're that important to the team's offense. You can like it's not like you you're gonna dial back your defense because that's such a big part of Pascal's game as well. I mean, LeBron's also that important to the league's content. Oh, okay. Wow. What are you trying to say? <laughs> what are you trying to say? LeBron gets special calls. You're telling me Bismack had, had a clean block on LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals that was called a that was called a, a blocking foul. Anyway, um, yeah. I mean, like it's just something Pascal's got to learn. You know what I mean? And Pascal yep. talked about in the soccer game. You, you didn't really. Go at the referees, he really could have because the two calls that fouled him out were both terrible. But yeah, I mean, you know, he, he understands what he's got to do. And I love the maturity, I love the poise. Like, at no point was he phased, as you mentioned. Um, and yeah, I, I just can't wait, man. He's he's going to have a monster season. I, I, the playmaking, too, the five assists, I thought that was really important just because if you're going to have that many touches, you got to create something for other teammates. And uh, the one play that really stood out was Pascal gets the, block, uh, the ball on the block. He draws a double team. You know, OG makes a great cut down the middle of the lane. Pascal finds him. OG, you know, finishes through contact, two-handed dunk. You know, just a just a great, great uh, yeah sequence and, and a sign of what's to come in the future. And, and the rebounding. Rebounding is going to be so important for this team. Because, um, Mark, I, I don't think as this stage is someone you look to uh, as, as someone that's going to be a huge rebounder for this team, OG has historically not been good on the glass. He was mm-hmm. better last night. Yeah, um, he needs to keep doing that. And then, especially if you're going to rock with this smaller backcourt with Fred and Kyle, mm-hmm. they're going to need all the boards that they can get out of Pascal. Yeah. So for him to go out there and get 18, that that's a big win too. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, people have made the Giannis comparisons. Like, uh, I don't know, 34, 18, and 5 is a very Giannis line. <laughs> that much, you know what I mean? So, um, obviously, yeah, Pascal, full score um, from the game. You know, um, I, obviously, Fred being the other guy that, I, I, you know, to be honest, Fred might even played even better than Pascal. 
uh, only in the sense that a he was more efficient, like, mm-hmm. um, but also in terms of just like the poise in which he he finished these shots. Like you were asking me earlier in the office, like yo, how is he getting to the lane and then finishing like this? Because previously he had this whole reputation of getting blocked a lot. Like yeah. it was just a huge ten, especially in the Sixers series. He got blocked more times. He literally is not even a made up stat. He had been blocked more in the Sixers series than he had field goals, <laughs> made field goals in the whole series. Wow. Um, and and yeah, I mean, my answer to that is I just think he's qu- he's definitely healthier than he was before, and hopefully that uh, ankle thing doesn't bother him too much after he crashed into the cameraman. But I just think that like yeah, I mean, he definitely just looks a lot healthier, and his first step was a lot better. Like he's getting into the lane, um, and he's you know got the advantage over his guy in the sense that like, yeah, he's gonna be small, but you know he he needs at least a little bit of um, quickness to sort of get ahead of the man. Um, and then you can use your little change of speed. You can sort of use your off arm to get, you know, the, the little angle to, to shoot the ball. And, and yeah, it was just very impressive yesterday. The one thing I, I think well, watching back uh, a little bit is I also feel like he's use, using his forward and back mm. uh, a bit more. Okay. I think I think last year was a lot of side to side. Yeah. And, then all, and then he couldn't really shake people mm-hmm. or with their, you know, uh, lateral quickness they were able to keep up with him but yeah. now going uh you know forward and back i think that's opening up a little bit more room to him uh, for him to get ahead and then get to the rack yeah for sure for sure and um the confidence on another level too i mean yeah like uh, one of the one of the signs i you know that i saw in the first quarter that really stood out to me was he had drew holiday trying to press up on him and drew holiday is, is an amazing amazing defender like he just recall his uh playoff series against Damian Lillard <laughs> like he turned Damian Lillard into like playoff DeMar like I mean was, that was crazy it was nuts how much he yeah. was just like physically overwhelming him yeah and Fred's you know smaller than Dame and you know first quarter Drew Holiday was trying to press up and try to bully Fred Fred just like you know just took him on drove yeah. hard at him you yeah. know like crossed over a couple times and uh you know got got the foul call and Drew Holiday had to uh sort of back off after getting that second foul but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love the confidence from Fred. I, I really, really love it. The three-point shot, obviously, is, is incredible. And, um, yeah, and, it's you know, he's just poised for a huge season. Like, I, I already made a prediction that, you know, Fred's going to outscore Kyle Lowry this season. I mean, if I really wanted to make the prediction I wanted to make, I would have made that Fred was going to be better than Kyle this season, which is saying a lot. Like, Kyle was still really, really good. Yeah. And I still don't fully believe that with my heart because mm-hmm. I know how much Kyle does, you know, in other aspects of the game. But yeah. Fred looks incredible, man. He does, and you you bring up the shooting, like, if there was one guy last season where if he was ever open and I was just automatically assuming the shot was going down, it was Danny Green. Yeah, yeah. Regular season Danny Green. Regular season Danny. Um, Shout out Danny yesterday, 28 points. Or, you know, game, what was it, game three of the finals? Yeah, 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 on the road, yeah. Yeah, 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 game game three Danny, too. Um, That was the one guy that really stood out, right? Uh, over the course of the season. And so now if Fred playing that same two-guard position, mm. if he can provide that level of volume and efficiency from the three, that's a huge get for the Raptors. That Because let's face it, what, what Kawhi and Danny, you know, forget about you know the leadership and the talent and all that. The three-point shooting is obviously something that looks like a bit of a weakness for the Raptors yep. relative to last year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So if they can get that out of Fred on a consistent basis, yeah. and I'm not saying five for seven every night, but... Hey man, he's gone five for seven a lot of nights in a row. <laughs> yeah, going back to the finals too, you know. Fred Sr. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, if, if I think that's a big that's a big thing for the Raptors if, if they can get that kind of volume and efficiency uh, from Van Vliet that they got from Danny Green last year. Yeah, uh, it fixes a lot of problems. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and you know, him starting at the two guard spot. Do you like that look, um, or would you you know rather see something more traditional like norm? Oh my God, that back are you, oh you got to finish that. Wow, yo, you got to <laughs> see that assist, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god, Firmino, man, this guy's a magician. Um, yeah, do you, do you like the alignment with Fred as the starting two guard? Um, I mean, obviously, I do. you can't argue with the results yesterday. Yeah, no, I I I do. Depending on the matchup, okay. right? So, but I do, mean, wouldn't do, yesterday do be an example of a matchup where you wouldn't go to the two point guard lineup because you got Holiday, who's a big point guard, and you got Lonzo, who's a very very big point. Look at this. Look at that assist. Well, damn, a Panenka chip. Mane's got to do better, man. Yeah, he had, he had a man all over him. But yo, look at that, man. Mm. That's so that's so yo. nice, man. Anyway, with the spin. <laughs> Welcome to the yeah. Liverpool reaction podcast. <laughs> um, host James Pierce. <laughs> oh, yo, shit. I can't, wow. I can't, I, I can't be a part of this. Oh, wow, one that's, one. That's now one one. Crazy. I don't know where. But yeah. Uh, we were talking about yeah the, the 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 in terms of certain matchups for yeah exactly two point so, guards. I think it's it's something I definitely wouldn't go to against Philly, for example. Okay, good you know, point. Good when point. when you look at the size that they present, uh, I think that's a really difficult matchup for Fred. Uh, I mean, we saw that in the playoffs that you know size was an issue for him to deal with. Yeah. So it, it's not a look for Philly. I mean, um. If Boston's playing Gordon Hayward and Tatum and Brown again, I think that's that's a bit of an issue as well. Yeah. Um, so. It isn't. It isn't. I, I want I want to see Gordon Hayward actually take a game seriously first. I mean, so, play, so, play a game seriously and not be Chandler Parsons. So the so the one positive you know is that some of these guys get tricked into thinking they can post Fred and Kyle yeah. up because I right? saw Brandon Ingram, Brandon did, Ingram, that. Ingram yeah, yeah. did that yeah. right, and it, it just does not work out. No, so if you, if you can sort of goad those guys to do uh, to take Kyle and Fred in the post, then you know you can sort of ride it. Yeah, that's um, true. Like you know what I mean? Like if I'm playing the Celtics and my concern is Tatum might take a turnaround too, I'm like, nah, I don't know. That's not a concern. That's, <laughs> right. That's a positive. Really. Right. 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 Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I do think it is still matchup dependent, mm-hmm. and frankly, I think on some level you also want to see what Norm can give you. Right. Um. In favorable favorable matchups for him, mm-hmm. yeah, right? for sure. Um, because I think if you take away his confidence this early, where it's like, okay, Fred's the two guard now, yeah. it's like, all right, I couldn't get past Damari Carroll. <laughs> I could. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, that says it all right there. Uh, I, you, gave, you, guys, you, got, you guys gave me ten games, and then just gave the job to OG, who des- I mean, who deserved I mean, it. OG he earned it, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And now. You know, he was probably thinking coming. I mean, he said at training camp oh, that yeah, his goal was to did. be the starting two guard. Um, so now, if he were to lose this, I could see it being a bit discouraging. Um, but at the end of the day, if Fred is going to keep dropping thirty, there's nothing really yeah. you can do. Uh, you and, can't and, take Norm, and Norm is going to take a thirty-five foot fadeaway. Oh God! To end the game, to end a tie game. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's another area of concern, right? Like, you know, wh- how are you going to generate crunch time offense? I'm, I'm not even necessarily saying the Raptors can't do it, but I just don't know who's the obvious candidate for it. Right. Like, I, yeah, obviously Pascal is your best scorer. And I think that's and part Fred of... is clutch as shit, but, like, so you might be just run something between those two guys. Right. But, but I think that's I part know, of why, even though Gasol 
was struggling mm-hmm. that he was on the floor late because yeah. with Siakam out of the game, you just needed that extra playmaker. That's true. That's true. Um, and he, he, you know, he worked a beautiful set with um, Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet to basically ice the game. Right. Where you know Kyle and Fred sort of went into the corner, um, did a little um, you know back screening and things like this, so they forced a switch so that. Kyle can get Redick on him. Then Kyle came immediately, popped up, and, and you know worked a pick and roll with Marcus Saul. The Pelicans were trapping all game. They knew that, so they drew the trap. They drew two defenders to Kyle. Kyle immediately switched it back out to Mark, who you know forces the rotation, but it's a two and one at that point. Mark then throws a perfect bounce pass to Fred in the corner, and Fred it switches the three, and the game's over. And you know that's exactly what you're talking about. Like, yeah, that's the kind of play that I'm not sure. Pascal can do as consistently as someone like Mark right now. Right. Well, I mean, but Serge time, had five guys on him and still went up with it. Yeah, that's that's so <laughs> fucking, man. That's championship swagger. <laughs> the man took a coast to coast for a dunk. But by the way, that goal was uh, ruled out by VAR. Um, wow. Yeah, big break for Liverpool there. I didn't really see a foul or offside on that play, but you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> it's just living that championship life, eh? Oh, that is a flop and a half by Navicata <laughs> right there. Jeez. Um. <laughs> But yeah, in the crunch time offense, it, you know, like we saw a little bit yesterday in the sense that we saw a lot of Pascal running. Well, first off, we saw a lot of Pascal running pick and roll overall. Like yeah. A lot of, you know, four or five pick and roll there. Yeah. And I think that's a very effective look. I think on a night where Absolutely. the things are a little bit better, like that Pascal could be a guy who could get like an eight assist game if Serge can hit some mid-range shots. Or right. Mark, you know, it isn't Chuck Hayes. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, Mark Mark put up a Chuck Hayes yesterday. It's, it's, it's facts for facts. Um while we're on the subject of but playmaking. Like he, he also ran a bunch of like pick and rolls with OG, and I don't think those went anywhere. I don't really understand that one. Yeah. Maybe I it mean, was just to attack I think, the, the mismatch with Redick. I think Redick was guarding OG. but Yeah, exactly. I don't know, man. Yeah, and, you know, I think there's been situations where OG has had the opportunity where he gets the mismatch, mm. and he can take them at least into the post. Yeah. And yeah. maybe... You know, not even go up himself if he's able to just facilitate from there. Sure. I think that's a big step that he could take in his game. Mm. Um, now, whether Nurse is willing to test out that possibility it, it remains to be seen. But when when you're running, like you said, those three, four pick and rolls, um, then that uh, that is something you have to consider. And that's maybe something that you want to put in OG's ear yeah. in terms of opportunities for him to grow. Uh on the subject of playmaking, I just wanted to touch on Norm because I thought he showed some encouraging signs. Uh, you know, there were a couple of really nice drives that he had where he, he was able to make the kick out mm-hmm. that you wouldn't usually expect. There right. were a couple of times where even, uh, you know, nothing necessarily came of it, but right. he at least understood that he needed to slow down. Whereas, yeah. you know, the last couple of years, that probably would have been a charge. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, I think... You don't want to praise Norm too much. I I can understand your hesitation because you're just envisioning that uh, last second shot. Right yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I, I understand. No, I, I thought Norm actually was decent off the bench. Like, yeah, his scoring wasn't totally there and his main role scoring, but like defensively, I thought he was pretty solid too. Like, he had a couple of possessions uh, in overtime where he had to sub in for Pascal, who had fouled out, and um, I thought Norm did a great job on Brandon Ingram, who was a leading scorer. So, um, you know, good on Norm, but. Firmino's touch is so nice. Oh, man, he's just oh a magician. He just doesn't score. It's okay. It's, it's what people <laughs> say Giroud does. Um, yeah, I mean, the other guys 
I don't know. I'm not as certain about. Like, we can talk about OG. I thought he was probably the the third most uh, encouraging guy there. And, of yeah. course, those three being super young and contributing the way they are is is amazing. And those guys are all expected. You know, Pascal, Fred, and OG are expected to take expanded roles. And I thought OG yesterday played close to a perfect game in terms of what I want out of him because I thought he was the Raptors' best defender. Oh, man, how did he not put that in on that? Come on, Mo. Damn, this was like a wide-open header. First game back. This is a sitter. This is what they call a sitter. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you need those three guys to sort of take on expanding roles. And OG, I think. And, and, you know, it's not a perfect game in the sense that, you know, it's not like he hit like five threes or something. Yeah. right? But, you know, at the same time, like, he was just so... Um, he took the right looks, though. He t- exactly. He makes all the right decisions on there. And he's so he's, he's getting a lot smarter, too. Like, I think he's making better um, reads in terms of as a help defender. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that, you know, even as a rookie sort of showed in terms of just, like, helping in the post and digging down and stuff like that. But he made a couple of plays just at the rim where, you know, he took a charge at some point in the third quarter. And, you know, he, he blocked a shot late in the fourth quarter as well. And obviously he had that great stop against Holiday. Like, that's what you need. That's exactly yeah. what you need out of OG. Like, you need a guy in the starting lineup who can handle those bigger players. Get, you know, make the load a little bit lighter on Kyle and Fred, who can, of course, defend on a mismatch, but it's so exhausting for you for a smaller guy to have to wrestle like that. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, OG was great, man. I, I I'm so I'm really encouraged by OG. Yeah, and you sort of talk about uh, load management. There's in-game load management too, right? Where mm. you where you're taking the pressure off of Pascal Siakam by by having OG defend the opposing team's best player. You're, you're taking a little off uh, Kyle Lowry when OG can go and defend a point guard and, uh, you know, sort of present that size and strength and take away anything uh, that might be an advantage against Lowry. Mm. And so True. I think uh, with those advantages that he has, you know, coming into the league, he always stood out as someone that had really good uh, defensive instincts. Yeah. But... I felt uh, offensively he looked more like um, an athlete who played basketball as opposed to a basketball player. That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> That's a good way to describe it, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think now maybe hopefully with a consistent role as a starter um, and you know a couple of years in the league now that he can grow into uh, just more, uh, more of a sort of polished – uh, role player offensively yeah. yeah for sure and yeah that and that's the thing like we're not i don't expect him at least this season in particular i don't expect him to be some sort of like uh like have a paul george kind of no. leap, which is somewhat i think some very very hopeful people thought was possible <laughs> from og as a rookie but um yeah i mean like this is what i would want to see from him all season like can yeah. you be like a premium trevor reza can you be a pj tucker type yeah pj tucker absolutely. who can finish around the basket like Okay, so PJ is already a really good three-point shooter. Obviously, a great defender, um, very smart player, pretty good rebounder as well. If PJ could actually finish around the basket instead of just being six foot four with no hops, then like, yeah, he'd be really, really, really yeah. valued, and even more than he is right now. And that's mm-hmm. that's what the potential OG has. So, I loved it from those guys. The guys I was a little bit more concerned about um, in terms of just taking a first look at were, well, with Kyle, like. I'm not as concerned with Kyle just because he finds a way. And I thought yesterday he found a way, like 13 free throws. When was the last time Kyle took 13 free throw attempts in a game? I can't remember. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, with with Kyle, uh, I think he, he also, finds a way. He, but, like, the jumper he, looks off, man. He had some hard, hard bricks. Yeah, but but you also wonder how much of that is timing, right? Like, yep. he, he made a, a perfectly fair point that – 
this is his second game since June 13th. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. um, pretty cool that he's got that date etched in his memory. Hey man, we all got <laughs> that date etched in our memories. So, uh, so yeah, I I'm think surprised he can remember it all together. <laughs> I, I think, uh, he's going to sort of play himself into form. Mm-hmm. I think the things that you wanted to see from Kyle, you saw, right. You saw bingo Lowry, you saw him, yep. uh, pick up a charge. You saw him, uh, make those Eddie plays offensively. You, you yeah. know that 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 play where he you finds saw him take Fred. Up attack for arguing with the referee. Yeah, you you, <laughs> you 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 saw him make that read to to find Fred in the corner for that huge three. Yep. yep. Uh, to tie the game. Yep. Uh, great play. A great call by Nick Nurse to run a hammer play there. Yeah. To, to get the three to tie. Yeah, and so uh, I think those are the things I'm more encouraged by because when you think about longevity with Kyle. It's all about what's in between the ears with him. Yeah, definitely. And so he, he's always going to be able to bring that to the table. And I, I and I, I don't think he's going to have any issues uh, taking a backseat to to Fred and Pascal. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the plays that stood out was you know after Freddie hit that three to sort of ice the game. You know, mm-hmm. Kyle was pointing right at Fred and telling the crowd to like, "Yo, I mean, I don't think the crowd needed any instruction to cheer <laughs> yeah. for Fred after that huge <laughs> night he had and that that huge shot he hit, but." You know, it's just that's Kyle's nature. Like, he, you yep. know, he's set. He understands that, yeah, he's got his money. Um, he's got his legacy set in stone. Like, he doesn't have to worry about any of that stuff. And it's for him, it's just like, can I see um, my other guy shine, my young guy shine? Yep. And Fred, obviously, is, you know, a Kyle Lowry protege. Like, right down to the fact that he's so good at the post defense now. Like, get the bigger guys. Like, <laughs> Fred is just absorbing people's powers. Like, he, he took he took Steph's powers. He took Kyle's powers. He, he honestly, with the finishes and the layups he was hitting yesterday, it looked like he took Kyrie's powers from preseason. So, like, it's like a Majin Buu situation. You know, he's just, <laughs> he's just adding everyone's abilities on the long way, and he's just going to be the best point guard ever. Um, Yeah, I mean, Kyle, I'm not as worried about it. I just think the three-point shot needs to be there consistently for him. Right. And I think, yeah, the timing is obviously needs to be there. The conditioning, yeah, not 100%, but he kind of admitted himself that he's not 100%. I mean... He kind of looks like a wonton. In, in, in what, what what does that say about Nurse's level of trust in the other guys? That he's willing to run Kyle out there for forty five minutes. So it's like Kyle. Honestly, these forty five minutes are just for your own conditioning, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. the guy I'm more concerned about with Mark, mm. and I'm again like I said earlier, he it was kind of a Chuck Hayes performance to be honest. Um, but I to me, it just looked like a guy who's exhausted. He's tired. He can't really jump. He can't really move. I mean, even last year. He had a year lot of finals, beers this summer, man. A lot of beer, a lot of wine. Beer poppy, wine poppy. Like, I don't know, man. He looks grand poppy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man. He looks old. He looks old. That's all. And something I noticed in the um, in the, uh, in the the Nets game, too. I'm like, yo, between him and DeAndre Jordan, like, it's just like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think, but but the thing is, I think. Yeah, we're not moving. They were with, not moving. With, with, with someone like Mark. At this stage of his career, I almost feel like he's going to need to get to a point where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. this game like legitimately matters. <laughs> Otherwise, he's just going to like mail it in? Come on, man. No, I'm not going to say mail it in, but, uh, you know, it's it's just load management. And I think I think right now mm. he knows that. That's old management, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, you're, you're, yeah, you're just bringing out the hits. <laughs> I feel like slandering Mark for no reason. I love but Mark, man. I love Mark. I, I, I think he just, good he just understands that 82 games plus, you know, potentially another three months after that mm. is a grind. Yeah. And so I think he recognizes that there's plenty of talent around him. 
and especially when you've got a guy like Serge backing you up, mm-hmm. that maybe you know you don't have to be in peak condition and uh, you have the time to sort of work your way back. And so I think that's something that he's going to do. Um, and you know whether it's November that we start to see at, at him at his best or December, mm. uh, you know maybe we'll, let let's see when those games. Uh, come that really get uh, get your juices flowing, right? I mean, uh, obviously you're up for the ceremony and whatnot. Yeah, for sure. For I sure. don't know if you're necessarily up for the Pelicans without Zion. Mm. Um, man, if they had Zion in that game, I don't know, man. Pelicans looked pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. It really hard to guard up Temple sure. team. Would have been interesting for sure. Yeah. Um, and you know what? That w- that would have been an interesting test for Mark because oh man, to go up against Zion, the because the most athletic big versus the least athletic big in the league. But that's what Gentry's been doing in the preseason, right? He's he's been that's matching true. up Zion with centers. Um, Zion was finishing over like Rudy Gobert and stuff. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Hopefully his knees are okay. So that would that that would have been interesting to see. But yeah, I, I I'm you know. I'm definitely not saying he's mailing it in by any means, but I think he understands the grind of 82 games, and uh, he understands that he's had a very long 12 months of basketball, yeah, and that he's just going to uh, prioritize his body over the first you know month or maybe more of the season. Yeah, and you know what? I'm fine with that. Like, it's totally understandable. Like, it's normal. Um, but if this is the case, shouldn't surge close games instead of Mark? Because yesterday. Um, when I was watching the fourth quarter, I, I was just thinking, like, hey, first off, why is Norm playing so deep into the fourth quarter right. when I need no, uh, OG out there? Yeah. And then, B, like, why is Mark playing so many more minutes than Serge? Like, it's not like Serge had a great game. Like, Serge can definitely play a lot better than this. But mm-hmm. at the same time, wow, man, Firmino, great play. Um, at the same time, I'm just like, yo, like, so if if this is what Mark's giving you, like, Serge needs to be in there instead. Like, Serge can do yeah. a lot of things. He's definitely still fresh. He's definitely still healthy. And he's still hungry. He's very hungry. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, actually, quick sidebar. Uh, what do you think of the uh, KD, um, Serge Ibaka, How Hungry Are You episode? I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I thought it was very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, you know, they had, I love they the, had the, banter. The, the, the banter over, you know, who would have won the finals, if this and if that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously things got a little personal with talking about. Kerry Hilson? Uh, yeah, uh, that was, I was unexpected, man. <laughs> the tables got flipped on Surge. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that got that topic got changed real quick. Yeah. But KD said, you know, like, like I was just joking about the Raptors fans, man. And you know, he understood. He, he understood the deal. I think yeah. he knows too. Would, would you make a uh, make of uh, KD's comments about Nick Nurse and that? He, what do you say about Nick Nurse again? He said that uh, you guys have a coach that doesn't necessarily have the best X's and O's, mm. but he knows where to go, uh, and what to do to win a possession. Uh, I mean, that's the whole, I mean, I guess that's the whole point of coaching, right? Yeah. It's not really about drawing up the prettiest play. It's about what make, what makes it work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the, the Kawhi dagger, it's not the prettiest play. It's this pretty simple inbound play. You got Kawhi going to his, you know, preferred side. Yep. It's a play that he but drew up many times over the regular season. It worked. Um, and that's the thing with, with Nick is actually really interesting because I, I think his reputation before was so much that he had to control the offense and that was his uh, role under Dwayne Casey was to sort of manage the offense because yeah. you know, Dwayne Casey had to just you know pound the rock offense, um, you know. Yeah. But oh, but, but, oh, we got to talk about Dwayne after. This. Went, went from pound the rock <laughs> to let her rip. We got to be. Oh man, it's like an anime show over here. Man. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I mean, like, you know, Nick obviously had the reputation as being an offensive coach and sort of on those mad scientists. But I honestly think that, oh, shit, Damn. he actually scored that? Yeah. Wow. All right. Fabinho is wild. Yeah, he's, he's really improved, man. Fabinho is like the Pascal of this team. Yeah. He's really two way player. I mean, I don't I still don't know why he's trying to kill Daniel James. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I apologize for that. But I have respect <laughs> Daniel James like a million times more than <laughs> after yesterday. And you know, I was already a fan of Daniel James in the first place, but man, we really put the hit on him, man. Like, he looked like he died after Van, Van Dyke collapsed, like, collided with him. He looked like he died. He just laid there like a little child, like, gasping for air. And I was like, yo, is he okay? This game's yeah. not that serious. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of in terms of the Nick Nurse comments, I, you know, I, I actually think what Nick has really shown in the last couple of, uh, of months is that he's actually more creative i would say defensively than he is creative offensively yeah you know what i mean and he i think he's a good offensive coach definitely has the right principles you know like the raptors share the ball like yesterday i saw a stat that came out that really took me by surprise was that the raptors only took four mid-range shots all game Mm. everything else was in the paint and from three and i think you know he really preaches about uh and i think all the mid-range shots were surge all the more surge which is that's surge is allowed to take that shot yeah so um yeah, I think Nick Nurse is a good offensive coach, but I think yeah, he, in terms of defensively, he's also ext- extremely creative on that end. And yeah, but overall, honestly, if just going back to the how hungry are you thing, like I came away from that thing a much bigger fan of KD. Right. I liked his personality. I liked that you know he's a bit of an asshole about the whole thing. Yeah, and it's like man, all the great players are assholes. Like literally, all great athletes are assholes. Except, yeah, except for maybe Steph, and he's also kind of dickish in in, in his own way. <laughs> You mean with the dancing? With the dancing, with the mouth guard thing, you know, showing up a couple guys. You know, it is what it is. Steph is as nice as they come, really. Actually, the yeah. only great athlete that is not, not an asshole, I think, is, uh, well, probably Roger Federer and then also Tim Duncan. There's nothing I'm wrong to say about Tim. Tim just wants to wear, like, Echo jeans and yeah, come to the arena. That, that seems fair. Wow, we're going way back. Steve Nash has got to be up there, no? I feel like Nash had a, had a mean streak. Had a yeah. mean streak. All right. All yeah. right. All right. But yeah, I'm looking forward to new season of How Hungry Are You? Yeah. We'll it's going great, man. A couple of um, uh, guests we know are coming up. I think Charlemagne, Tiffany Haddish. Mm. Um, so yeah, he shot a bunch of them in, uh, in the off season, as we can clearly tell. Um, in terms of other guys that, I guess the other concern really is just that Nick ran such a short rotation. Yes. Uh, essentially seven and a half guys. And, you know, I thought part of the reasons why the Pelicans um, were able to stay in that game for so long is because they kept having guys like Josh Hart and Melly and, you know, in a, in a, in a different Actually situation. Contribute. Yeah, and like Nikhil Alexander-Walker. You know, those guys were able to come off the bench and make an impact. Even like a Kenrich Williams, something like that. Like, we didn't – we just didn't have that. Like, it was right. like and, – and especially on a night when Surge was – or not Surge, but um, Mark was so ineffective. Then, like, you're really down to like six and a half guys. Yeah, and so I think, you know, on some level, it was hard not to be surprised j- just because that's basically what we saw against the Brooklyn Nets. Yep. And obviously in that short period of time, you don't expect someone to just suddenly emerge as like, oh, yeah, all of a sudden in three, four days, this guy showed out. And, yeah, yeah, you know, sure. so uh, Nurse made the point that, you know, he just really, really wants to ins- make sure that these guys new faces understand just how hard the Raptors play, mm. just how competitive they are, how, just how much they communicate on the defensive end yeah. um, and understand the schemes on both ends of the floor. 
So uh, hopefully it's just more a matter of time and getting them up to speed. Yeah, I think Nick understands that he can't do this for more than like a month. Yeah, because it's just not sustainable in the no. long run. That's no. part of the reason why D'Antoni teams don't do well in the playoffs. Is like he's only playing seven for the whole year. Yeah. Also, I mean, what was that Lay's commercial with the hay and Messi diving for a bag of chips? I don't know, man. Why I the think... hell would Messi be diving for anything? Hand of God? Yeah, I guess. Like tribute to Maradona? I don't know. Man. Um, what were we talking about? Anything? Oh, the anything for a World Cup at this point? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope Messi wins one, but it's actually hilarious. I was in, I, I like, I went to Argentina. I asked people around, they're like, "Yeah, it's it's not close, man. We love Maradona like so much more." <laughs> there's like Maradona put like trophies everywhere, and there's like one little statue I saw of Messi. That's like I don't know, Mount Ginobili had the same size statue to put that into perspective. So I mean, like you know, respect Manu, but yeah, comparatively, Manu is not like the best basketball player of all time. Right, Messi is the best football player. But anyway, um, yeah, the rotation. I, I think. Out of all those guys at the be- at back of the bench, obviously none of them are perfect. None of them are uh, going to be consistent two-way contributors. But if you had to pick one or if you had to sort of guess who could emerge as that ninth guy behind Terrence Davis and who can maybe even emerge as the tenth guy, who do you think has the best chances at those, th- at those spots? I'm going to take a flyer on Malcolm Miller. Okay. All um, right. You know, I think... Stanley Johnson has looked really, really bad. Hey, man. I think maybe... Uh, like the third third grand There's brother. a bit more... <laughs> I'm so far, so far. You know, it, it can improve. It, it's early. Uh, I, I think there's a bit more hope with uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Yep. And obviously, he's dealing with a bit of a minor groin issue right now. Yep. Which is why I didn't even dress. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully when he comes back from that... He can offer uh, at least enough to spell Siakam a little bit at the four and provide an option there. Um, But I think Malcolm has a shot. I mean, uh, I think he's been with the team the longest out of, you know, all all those guys you look at at the end of the bench. Mm -hmm. And I think he has a pretty good idea of how uh, Nick wants to play. And frankly, he's a much better defender than Matt Thomas. Uh, It's not close. Yeah. And offers... Some very good shooting. Yeah, the, my only thing with Malcolm is I don't feel like he imposes himself on the game. He plays so many games that he's just straight up invisible. And I'm not right. just saying this when he's like playing and it's like garbage time because like whatever you're gonna get lost in the shuffle is not a big deal. Yeah, you know. But at the same time, wow, why are they showing the miracle in Istanbul? This is great. This is a great. Oh man. Oh wow. And then the follow. Yeah. <laughs> um, amazing, amazing night. Uh. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I'm not just saying that in terms of, like, yeah, with the third unit and stuff like that, he gets lost. Mm-hmm. Shout out Shevchenko, man. What a legend. This has really been yeah. the Liverpool vibe. Yeah. Well, you know, it is what it is, man. <laughs> Stevie G, baby. <laughs> My captain. Um, But, yeah, I think uh, yeah, no, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely. Like, even in Summer League, when he plays and he's, like, a starter and he's supposed to be more prominent, yep. Malcolm still freaking fades. Or, yeah. like, 905 games, he just yeah. fades. Like, Bruno was probably more aggressive yeah. on offense than Malcolm. So, I want to see that. Because, like, even with a guy like Thomas, he yes, he's a shooter. He spaces the floor. But he moves around. Malcolm yeah. doesn't really move around with that sort of same aggression. Maybe he's not yeah. capable of it because he's a little bit bigger. But he's just so 
I don't know. It's just he's languid. It's fluid. It's it's not as you it's know? almost like he's trying to fit in too much. Exactly. You yeah, know, it's too nice with with yeah, exactly. And so you when you look at say for example with Fred and Pascal when at the time when they had limited mm-hmm. opportunities, yep. you could tell every time they came into the game, it was like I'm better than this. I deserve more. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And I'm going to show you why. Yeah. And so we, you, you we need, need to see mentality. a bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you need to see that from Malcolm yeah. and say, hey, this is my time to shine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I like Malcolm too. I think um, it, it, he's probably the closest to being a two-way guy, right? right? Um, I, I still like Rondé though, just in the sense that I like that he brings a lot of energy and that he can rebound. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not even looking for a perfect two-way player. I'm just looking at what you can do as a baseline. I'm yeah. looking at more at the baseline than the ceiling. Yeah. And – with Rondé, he hustles, he defends, he rebounds, and he sort of he makes contributions on offense. So yes, he's definitely a non-shooter, and that's a big problem. But I mean, at the same time, he's a good passer, you know. And if he can just cut down on his turnovers and play with the type of energy and intensity he can on defense, he's not a bad pack of power forward. Like there's not there's nothing. Well, there's not nothing wrong with him. There's clear, clear flaws, but like he's clearly a guy that can give you a baseline level of production. And yeah, I want to see him be a backup power forward because you know what part of, part of it is also I just don't want to see that much of uh, Serge and Mark mm. together. I don't think it's like the best. Uh, uh, un- I think it's effective in certain matchups, matchups but yeah. it's not something you can use against everybody. You know? No, I agree with that. And yeah, I think ideally Rondé is someone that emerges as a consistent backup option at the four. Yeah. Uh, but again. He's got to earn it. All all these guys have have to show that they want it, that they yep. deserve it. Yep. And I like that Nick is putting the onus on them and saying, "Hey, I'm not just going to hand it to you." Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, you got to have standards, and, and that's how you. And once once you win a championship as a head coach, all of a sudden you can coach harder than you could before. Yeah, because before it's like, you know, it's it's all it, it's like Kawhi being like, "Bro, stop telling me the story about the G League," <laughs> and now it's, he's like. You know, you either listen to me or you're going to the G League. Yeah. So, um, I like I like this from there. But I, I just I, th- I think yeah, he needs to sort of develop some of those guys. And honestly, like the hard love and things like that. Like, you know, I guess you can play you can play that game to only to a certain extent. You don't want to alienate a guy either. I don't think that's as no, absolutely not. Right? And also, you have to understand that not everyone operates the same way, right? That's there, true. There's some guys. That way. Yeah, exactly. Some yeah. guys you can use the tough love. Some guys yeah. you you gotta you know offer the shoulder. Yeah. Um, before we go, move on to preview the rest of the games this week, where the Raptors play a back, uh, a back and back with a uh, back to back with uh, you know Boston and Chicago. Um, Dwayne Casey had some very interesting comments. Our man, oh, Dwayne Casey. Uh, yeah. yeah, when so, speaking with Michael Lee of the Athletic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, Dwayne has this very he's very very savvy and, and in the sense that he knows how to always come across as a good guy. And, and, you know, he talked about, yeah, I was happy for them. He's like, oh, people expected me to be salty about it. But, you know, I was just happy, you know. Like, um, you know, I, I know a lot of the guys there. I sent them some text messages. And you're like, oh, this is great. This is great. Like, I, I'm so happy you were able to feel this joy for them. And he talked about, you know, like, you know, and part of me feels like I, you know, I, I contributed. Like, I built, the, I put the foundation there. I'm like, okay, you did. Yeah. Definitely. And not the, no one could take it away from me. He's like, I developed some of the guys there. I'm like, okay, yeah, you did. Yeah, you gave some of these guys, like, you started Pascal from day one. You know what I mean? I think you wanted to start Jared Tellinger, but he broke his foot in Vancouver. And so, okay, so Pascal, whatever. But you, you know what? You developed these guys. Cool. I like that. And he's like, yeah. And then, you know, 
for me, it's just validating because it's the same offense and the same defense. And, and I'm like, at that point, I'm like, get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah. Like, what are you? Like, you know, I, I like Dwayne. I, I, I really did like Dwayne a lot. But, like, the way he sort of carried himself since, it, you compare him versus the way DeMar has handled himself. Yeah. DeMar has been very vulnerable. Like, you know what? You know, I do feel kind of some kind of way about the Raptors winning the championship and not me not being there. And it's like, you understand. But he's like, uh, the whole time he's been so happy for everybody there. He never takes away anything from it. You know what I mean? He's not out there being like, oh, you know what? Yeah, um, you know, actually, I know Kawhi did all this stuff, but he wasn't as good of a playmaker as me. You know what I mean? And the, like the saltiness in which Casey sort of shows towards Nick, like you can tell it's a cold hostility. It's just like, man. It's just below you, man. Just just take just make your money in Detroit and eat your little little Caesar pizza and just, you know, like <laughs> win thirty five games with, with Joe Johnson. I guess he got cut, so Thon Maker. Yeah. Blake well, Griffin out for the first two weeks of the season as well. Andrew Drummond hitting threes. Yeah, it's it's a tough look for Detroit. <laughs> it's a tough look. Sorry, it's too easy to slander Detroit. But yeah, I mean with with Casey, a lot of the stuff he said was definitely positive and definitely yep. the stuff that you hoped to hear from him. But then he but, had to sneak in the jab. And, and the thing is, it's not the first time he's done that. No. Even, even when the first time he came to Toronto, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of the same stuff I saw before. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I think on that, on, that, on that level, it is a bit frustrating. Mm. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just his way of dealing with it. Mm. And, you know, let's face it, at the end of the day, it's not the first time we've seen Dwayne Casey be stubborn. Wow. Wow. I love how he's like the same offense. I'm like, you mean the offense that Nick Nurse revamped so you won coach of the year with? Yeah. That, that's the offense we're talking about, right? Because yeah. that, that's what happened, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. And all the development that happened, uh, kind of. I think that was in the new offense when Nick Nurse put that in and the bench mob emerged. You're telling me he was going to pull a box and one in the finals? He wasn't going to box and one. He was going to box and one with CJ Miles at the top. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Like, I want to like Dwayne, I, and I really do appreciate what Dwayne did. But the way he's handling himself since the thing, I'm just like, just you're just so salty about. I mean, it, that's right? the thing. If he's and not, we don't really know what happened between Nick and Dwayne. Definitely something happened. Yeah, because I have no idea what exactly woo. happened. But there's definitely a hostility. But yeah, I wish some. I one of them would just come out and be in the open and say, it. like, you know, if Dwayne was like, honestly, Nick there sold me out. He made me put Baby into the game. Like, that actually wasn't that wasn't Nick, by the way. It was another right. assistant coach. Yeah. Um, yeah, like okay, if that's the case or whatever, like he backstabbed me. He's like, okay, fine, just say it then, just say it. But this this constant like, you know, this backhanded compliments, man. It's just. I mean, that's the thing. We can we we can be real about it, right? Like when yeah. when you look at, uh, frankly, you know, the sweep at the hands of the Wizards. When you look at, you know, going seven games against a, a Pacers team that you should, probably shouldn't have gone seven games against, and you, when you go seven games against Miami, and and then bro, that Miami team. With all the injuries they had suffered earlier in the season and yep. then throughout the series, they played Justice Winslow at center. Right. And Josh McRoberts. Yeah. And then you look at the adjustments that you could sort of see yeah. right on the fly that should have been made yeah. in-game that it took maybe one, two, three games sometimes yeah. to make that adjustment. Yeah. At the end of the day, Casey was a great regular season coach you know, and, and did a great job of maintaining a culture yep. uh, for all the seasons. It. Yeah, for all the seasons that he was here. But the playoffs were just a different beast that he couldn't handle. And again, I go back to this point. Draymond Green said there's 82 game players and there's 16 game players. Mm. And there's 82 game coaches and there's 16 game coaches. Absolutely, man. Um, 
Bro, Dwayne Casey's record is that he got swept for the last five years. Yeah. And the one year he didn't get swept, the Raptors lost that series by like 100 plus points. So that's almost yeah. a sweep. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, what what else can you say about that? Like, yeah, anyway, so, you know, yeah, Dwayne Casey comes to town next week. That'll be interesting. Um, in terms of the rest of the week, so the Raptors play uh, the Celtics on Friday. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the Celtics this year? I think they're decent. Obviously, the center position is one you look at as a weakness mm-hmm. to go from Al Horford and Aaron Baines. You know that 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 is a tough look to have Anis Cantor. Um and you know. But I'm interested to see where Gordon Hayward's game is at, uh, and that there's just that overall mix of him and Brown, yeah, and, and yeah. Tatum, uh, and how Marcus Smart emerges now in sort of a more prominent role. So I think it's going to be interesting to see. I think they'll be sort of jockeying. You know, I, I do expect in terms of the East outlook, you know, you've got Milwaukee, Philly, most likely mm-hmm. as the top two teams. Yep. Um, I do think Toronto will be the three seed. Yeah. But I then think so too. I think you've got Miami, Brooklyn, Indiana, Boston, all jockeying yep. for those next, uh, you know, four to seven seeds yeah so you know I, I think it'll be interesting to see where they end up obviously their ceiling would be you know four maybe three yeah but um i wouldn't be surprised if they finished seventh so um what's your scouting report on seven foot frenchman vincent poirier man i got nothing is that sparkling water <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. We'll, we'll find out friday I, apparently um yeah, I mean, my, my Daniel Tice is still for, there, no? Yeah, he's there. German, right. German Macklemore. German Macklemore. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see if Hayward's healthy. I, I'm, I want him to be healthy. Yeah. Um, just because you never want to see a guy's career end in that way. Yeah. Regardless of their political leanings. Um, but, you know, I, I think, honestly, for me, the most interesting matchup is the, the battle between uh, Max Fords. Jalen Brown versus mm. Pascal Siakam. Mm. You know, is one of them mm. a Max Ford and is another guy Harrison Barnes with a flat top? Who knows? I just <laughs> want to see it though. I just I just want to see it. That's all. Yeah, that's I want to see the matchup. But I what, mean what do you think Buddy Hill was thinking as soon as he saw Jalen Brown's extension? I am just saying I haven't seen but someone work that hard for money before. And I, I'm I have immigrant parents. <laughs> I'm just like, Buddy Heald was doing so much to get that money, man. Yo, he straight up said, nobody comes to Sacramento. Nobody. Meanwhile, Harrison Barnes like, I just came here. <laughs> Corey Joseph's like, oh, word. I saw nobody. And he's like, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I think the difference with, with Buddy is just that, you know, his age is uh, a big factor. You know what I mean? Like, but I mean, you know, conversely, like he's definitely a better player than Jalen Brown. Yeah, and um, and he's really, Jaylen's more valuable in age. this NBA. He is more valuable in this NBA. Although I mean, Jalen Brown's more of a two-way player. Yeah, I don't really believe in the offensive upside, but I also really do like Jalen Brown at the most out of all the Celtics. Like he's probably my favorite one. It's not saying a lot, but you know, what do you make of Kemba as a Celtic? <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> like yeah, he's just yeah, gonna, a raptor killer though. Oh yeah, definitely a raptor killer. Like it's gonna be a tough game. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Raptors lost. Like right. it's on the road. It's the Raptors always have a hard time playing in, in uh, TD Garden. I mean, even last year, remember when it was Kawhi versus Kyrie down the stretch? Kyrie had like an incredible yeah, Kyrie like, took over. assist game. Yeah, it was nuts. That was frustrating. So, yeah. And they lost that game. So 
Um, that's going to be a little bit uh, difficult. And I even think the Bulls game might be a little bit of a challenge, only in the sense that, you know, the Bulls kind of, they're not a joke team anymore. No. No. I, th- I, th- I think they've got enough pieces to work with. Uh, I like Otto Porter. Yeah. Um, good fit for that he's team. He's consistently been good against the Raptors. I mean, I, oh, when, when the Raptors played the Wizards oh, the God. last time, he, PTSD, he was hurt. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. We don't need to go back into that. The oh, Mark just couldn't do anything with him. <laughs> There's nothing like the Mark couldn't do anything with him. Oh God! Uh, yeah, so uh, you know I like Laurie Markkinen a lot. Yeah, um, yep. I think Zach Levine is a solid player. Yeah, I he think. could take like a Demar level leap. Yeah, like when Demar used to be just an like inefficient, no defense guy, yeah. and now he's like, oh. You know, semi-efficient and also... With threes. With threes and with some playmaking. Like, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Like, how much worse is Zach Levine than, like, you know, CJ McCollum? Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. I mean, like, I think CJ is, like, definitely a better shooter. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously Zach's way more, like, athletic. Yeah. Better finisher, so... Um, Yeah, yeah, I think think CJ, I mean, based on what I've seen, I'd probably give him the edge basketball IQ-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a better decision maker. Yeah, um, that's true. And you know, I, I feel like Zach Levine is sort of like that Iverson assist guy, mm. where yeah, it's yeah. like you pass when you need to. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. So the quietest. <laughs> hey, let's just be good people, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, probably an X factor for them going into this season is going to be what Wendell Carter Jr. gives them. Oh, I thought you were going to say Sadaransky. What do you like about Wendell Carter other than the fact that his head is as square as mine? <laughs> uh, you know, I, th- I think I think just the fact that he can be a stabilizing force defensively. I mm, think that's something yeah. that they really need. Um, and so if he can be healthy and just sort of patrol the paint and yeah. uh, sort of essentially run their defense, yeah. I think that'll make a big difference for them. Yeah, I, I like him as a two-way big. I, I kind of see a situation playing out in a couple of years where Chicago has to pick between the two. Yeah. Um, Laurie and uh, Wendell. Mm-hmm. Kind of like sort of what Indiana's eventually going to do with uh, Sabonis and Turner. Yeah. And, you know, I'd love to have either player. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a tough game. I just think um, the Bulls, well, not, not necessarily a tough game, but, like, it's going to be a competitive game. Yeah, but uh, the way I see it, I probably see it as one and one. Mm. Yeah, I think that's yeah, fair. Most most realistic outcome. Yeah, but it could easily be two and zero. Oh. Yeah, or one two. Yeah, I look forward to another Kyle Lowry versus Marcus Smart matchup. Those games are always such a. It's like a sumo wrestling match, <laughs> with like regular sized people. Yeah. No, they're just like so physical. They're always flopping against each other. They're, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. both of them going to score nine points. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've just seen a lot of that battle over <laughs> yeah. the years, man. They, they really go at it, and yeah. they both each are so good defensively that it cuts against. Uh, it's okay. You got Fred to do the offense. scoring now. That's true. I think Marcus probably guards Fred. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And then who's guarding Kyle? Kemba. Yes. I guess you got to cross match the whole thing because I I, can't, I want Fred guarding Kemba. Yeah. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. It'll, 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 we'll see. It'll be a fun game. Well. B, this is a podcast. This is great. Yeah, we're, we're gonna go back and watch the rest of this Liverpool match now. Well, at least I am. You probably will watch the other something else. Yeah, I, you're, you're not you're not keeping a tight eye on this. I'm probably gonna check out Inter and Dortmund. Go back to that maybe. That's not a bad matchup. It's, Inter's not bad. I think Conte's a really good. I think coach. it's the best matchup today. Conte's really good um, as a coach, man. But yeah, it's all a, it's all a countdown to TFC at seven. Oh, that's right. 
Give us a TFC report because uh, did you catch any of that? The what, the, the comeback the I extra the time. The oh man, that was crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, going up against the number one seed on the road, it's gonna be tough. That's tough in New York. So, but hey, which which New York is Stranger it? Things? Is it is it Red Bull or is it FC? I'm pretty sure it's Red Bull. Word. Who's 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 like the who's like the top guy on that team? Is he better than Pozuelo? No, Pozuelo's I mean, pretty good. I like him. Pozuelo's really good. Especially the only, as a, the only especially thing as an MLS player, he's he's pretty good. The only thing I don't like about him is that he just gets a little too cute sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's New York City FC. Okay. Um, but yeah, he just gets a little too cute sometimes and tries to be, you know, twinkle toes a little too much. Word. So. Is uh, NYCFC still managed by Patrick Vieira? Doug, I thought he got fired. Oh, he got fired? Damn. But, I mean, don't quote me on that. This is the t- <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm grilling you on your uh <laughs> This is the problem, man. There's, there's too much. There's you too know, much. You're already watching like 10 different you, sports. So Yeah, exactly, man. You can't put that kind of heat on me. Well. Uh, but we're. Yeah, man. All right. Well, you know, there's a lot to look forward to, I guess, with the Raptors. It's, it's going to be a fun year, man. Is there anything we didn't cover? Is there anything we didn't cover? I mean, I just got a press, press release. Contract. Oh, uh, breaking news. Toronto Raptors 2019 hope home opener is the most watched regular season NBA game ever in Canada. Really? No surprise. 2.6 million Canadians watched all wow. or part of the 2019-20 NBA season opener. And, hey, and they got a great game out of it. Yeah, they did. Wow, okay, great. This is one of those things where it just reinforces confidence in the franchise. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, there's no Kawhi. Let me see the game. And you're like, holy shit, Pascal and Fred are just killing it. Yeah. So, good stuff. It's exciting And this times, is even man. without Zion, you know? The number could be What a positive there. note to finish on. Yeah, definitely. There we go. Yeah, I was going to talk about Fred's contract, but, you know, we could talk about it another time. No, we'll, we'll see how long Fred does this for. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's going to have a great year, but I don't know if he's going to have 34 points every game. Um, it would be nice, though. 34 is a lot. 34 is a lot. Maybe like... Uh, 24? Give me in like 18 points a game. <laughs> I honestly think like Fred's year this year is going to be like a little bit like uh, Malcolm Brogdon last year. Maybe a little yeah. bit better even. Because I think Brogdon's only at like 13 points. Mm. Yeah, he could be like a 16, 5, and 5 guy. Well, maybe... That, that's three, a really six, good player. Yeah, yeah. 16, 3, and 5, I guess. Yeah. The assist might even be higher. Nice. People got to make shots. If Marcus Saul's... That is... If Marcus yeah. shooting like bank shots, like... Uh, <laughs> You know, there was that one post up that Mark had, oh, and he God. looked up at the shot clock, and it was like four on the clock. And he's like, "All right, well, <laughs> I, have to, I, guess I have to." Shoot. <laughs> and so I'm gonna throw this little prayer in there. Yeah, I mean, Mark's finishing in the pain. I just don't think it's coming back, man. Uh, you know, it's just things, it these things with age. Yeah, I mean, but that, that's also gonna hinder his passing out of the post, right? Because if that's true, if you're not that's a true. threat to score. Well, so many times they had the the Raptors point guards were able to slip the ball to the rolling big man, yeah. and it's one thing if Serge can't do it because like Serge has never really been that great of a quick decision maker. Yeah, but Mark is really good at being a quick decision maker, but also finishing. And he, aside from that one like and one layup he had in overtime, he just wasn't doing anything with the ball. Mm-hmm. Just the offense kind of stalled. So, Mark, man, please be better, man. I, I miss finals, Mark. It's okay. We got time. We got time. Yeah, October twenty well, third. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> 
All right. Well, that's it for the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, uh, there is a currently a contest going on where I have copies of the uh, Raptors' uh, official championship DVD and Blu-ray, and I'm giving those away uh, to listeners on the podcast. So, uh, as I said yesterday on the reaction show, um, what I need you to do is um, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on the iTunes uh, app store or just on iTunes. If you don't, if you don't use iTunes, I, I'm sorry. It's you know it is what it is, but that is the most influential uh, podcast market. But yeah, so rate, review, subscribe um, on iTunes to Raptors over everything, and then once you have done that, please send a screenshot of uh, that review and also the five stars to uh, my email account, which is William at RaptorsRepublic.com. And um, yeah, you know uh, I'll pick up a winner probably at the end of the week on Friday. So you have until. You know, the next 48 hours to submit something so thanks everyone for listening thanks to Vivek for coming on the podcast and uh, yeah catch you guys next time when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all you've saved you've researched and you've invested all that you can now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor Yahoo Finance As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.